The following podcast is a recreation of recordings from Universe 619. All words, titles, and information are authentic and unedited. As this universe has no bearing on yours, you are welcome to enjoy this as a work of fiction. For any questions relating to the multiverse, your place in it, or the crushing depression of knowing there are other versions of you in other universes currently living a better and more fulfilling life than you, contact multiversal consultant, archivist, and author Lancelot Castle. You can find him and more information at thenashamaseries.tumblr.com. Do 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 gotta clean my face, gotta clean my face. If my face is clean, then my life is good. Okay, time to record. Going to tell all my lovely listeners about... Hmm, something. We'll figure it out along the way, right, Lida? What interesting stuff even happened since last time? What did I even talk about last time? You're always so secretive. I know you know, my dear. Why won't you just tell me? Oh, silly kitten. Alright, well, if you're just going to make a nuisance of yourself, then I might as well start recording. Everyone can listen to you crunching your food and playing with your toys in the background again. Which I'm sure makes for lovely listening. I'm being sarcastic, in case you didn't get that. Do cats understand sarcasm? Maybe I'll ask my listeners. Though I wouldn't really see the responses, so best not to, I suppose. Anyway, let's get started, shall we? darling, did you step on the record button by accident? Come on, I won't be mad, you can tell me if you did. Now of course, you were downstairs with me, weren't you? I'm sorry for accusing you. I'll just, uh, go ask the others if they know about this then? What do you think, Kitty? <laughs> yeah, you're right. I need to be more careful next time. <laughs> right, right. I also need to give you a treat, do I? It's really entirely necessary. Oh, alright. Make a compelling argument. Here you go, kitty. I can't believe you're blackmailing me. 
I suppose you could see it as a bribe instead, sure. Oh, they're coming back. Act normal, and don't tell them you saw me. There's some catnip in it for you if you keep quiet. Okay, Glida, do you know how this thing works? David said to... Uh... Oh god, what did he say to do with it? Oh no, Mitchell said to turn it off and... Hi, my name is Ari Kravitz. Welcome back to Afterlife. Um, this is going to be a bit of a strange recording. Something kind of weird has happened with the equipment I use to record. I'm going to have to speak really quietly. And if I say anything important, I'm going to be sort of obscuring it a bit with different sounds, um, uh, like just noises that I can make, uh, quiet ones still, but I need to be able to make sure it's hard to understand if there's another recording device nearby. Oh, I probably should have obscured that information. Okay, let me just start from the beginning, fill you all in on what's happening, I'll, uh, Hmm, I'm trying to find something to make noises with. I guess my hands will do for now. So, uh, I came to record today, and it turned out all the equipment was already on, and my microphone was recording. At first I thought maybe Glida had stepped on something to start it up, or maybe I'd forgotten to turn it off after last recording. But I realised neither of those were really possible. Okay, that's tiring. Anyway, I went and asked everyone else about it to see if any of them had been in my room and could possibly have turned it on by accident. None of them had, so... Here, I can tap on my book. So, Mitchell told me to bring it down and he and Dode would access the old recordings and see what it had picked up. Apparently, over the past two weeks, it's picked up about an hour's worth of recordings at various times. All of them started before I entered my room and ended after I left, with the exception of two taken while I was sleeping. Um, I'm sure you can imagine how freaky this all is. We don't know what's happening and it could be nothing, but on the off chance that it's, uh, the twins, we want to be safe. Mem had this microphone in Mem's cottage, so I'm borrowing it to make this recording. We've moved Amrita's equipment back to her study for now, and 
We'll check it for more recordings, but um, if they did somehow tap into the microphones, sorry, I'm getting tired of the book sound. I'll just, uh, mm, tissues. Anyway, if they did tap into the microphones, then it's possible they've bugged other parts of the house too. So, right now the others are doing a full sweep of the rest of the house for bugs. Once they're done, they'll come check in here. But that means I have to be careful what I talk about. If they're listening in, I don't want them to hear more than they already have. Though, I suppose since these recordings go online, they could access them anyway. Do they know what the internet is? Can they use human internet? I mean, the internet in World Bet is entirely separate from the world all at once for security reasons. So even if they can use the one here, I don't know if they can access the one there. Just how traditional are born vampires anyway? Do they use technology? I mean, when I first saw them, we were in a Tesco and they followed me with a car. So I suppose they must know some things about modern society. I mean, how old are they even? Just because they're from old vampire families doesn't mean they themselves are old. Maybe they're my age. Who knows? I mean, probably not. They act and talk like they're very old. It's almost funny to think of them watching YouTube videos. Though I suppose that might be how they found me. I don't really know what made them think to turn me of all people. Where they first saw me, how they knew I would die so soon. Unless they caused the accident on purpose. Maybe it was all their plan. I... I've never really thought to ask about free will and fate and stuff. I don't know if the others even know. They could be just as clueless about it as humans are. Not that any of that matters, I'm turned now, knowing why won't do much good for me. But I suppose the upside of the walkers ever finally getting me would be that I could ask them all these questions. If they're going to marry me, the least they can do is answer things for me. Oh fuck, probably shouldn't have said that. I don't want them to think I'm warming up to them. Because I'm not, I still won't marry them no matter what they do. Okay, I think we need more sounds. Oh, I've got this binder. Maybe I can just... Uh, that should be good enough, right? I don't really know how bugs work. I'm just hoping that having other sounds makes it harder for them to hear me. And I mean, it's still possible that it wasn't them at all. I don't really know who else it could be, but... Well, we don't know it's them for sure. Oh. I should probably let Xander know what's going on. Maybe he'll have some insight. Give me a minute.
Okay, well, we'll see what he has to say about all of this, I guess. I'm not really sure what he would have to say about it. It's a pretty awful situation, but it's not nearly as weird and complicated as the other stuff we've been dealing with recently. I suppose if I have to, I could maybe stay with him for a bit, but I'd feel bad imposing and putting them in any danger. I mean, Amrit and Daoud made that choice for themselves before I even knew what was happening, but I'm not going to let anyone else put themselves in harm's way for me. I still think the walkers are cowards, but on the off chance I'm wrong, I don't want anyone else in their line of fire. Hmm. Mark that down as another thing I probably shouldn't have said if this place is bugged. Okay, I'm just going to try to steer clear of talking about anything important today. Only boring things from now on. Or at least things that can't really be used against me. I guess I can talk more about my childhood. I can tell you all some stories or something. I can almost guarantee they won't be as interesting as anything else I've told you, since it's just boring human childhood stuff with no magic, but... Well, I'll try to make it as interesting as I can. One of my fondest childhood memories involved me trying to adopt a hedgehog. I know better now, of course. They're wild animals and they belong in the wild. I still love them, I just love them from afar now. But when I was a kid, all I knew was that I loved them and wanted one of my own. I think I was seven or so when I finally hatched my plan to secretly take in a hedgehog. I was planning on hiding it from my parents and siblings. It would be just mine. I was going to name it Toasty and dress it up in the little sweaters my teddy bears wore. I wasn't the best at estimating sizes back then. I really thought they would fit. Anyway, when I was a kid, my parents were pretty good about letting me go out with my friends and explore the countryside. Most of it was just fields, public lands, lots of herds of sheep wandering inside fences. There were also trees. I wouldn't really call them forests because they were never that big, but as a kid they felt huge. And we would go and explore in there for hours, finding all those weird stick structures and climbing trees. And there was this one stream that ran through the woods, and we loved to hop on the rocks in it and try not to get wet, just right across the rocks down the stream. It led right up to this old war bunker that we liked to hang out in. We'd stand in the entrance and scream into it and hear our voices echo inside. Just, hello, 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 hello. Or when we were feeling particularly rebellious, fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> we were seven, that's just how kids are. It probably wasn't the safest way to play, but we all ended up fine. Mostly. Anyway, I got my friends in on my hedgehog kidnapping plan, and we headed out to try to find one. It was cloudy, and the thunderbugs were out. Uh, thrips. I don't know if people know what those are, but they're little bugs that come out when it's going to storm. Well, I think that's what they do. That's what I was told as a kid, but I don't really know if it's true. But they did always seem to come out right before rain. Which I guess in England is pretty often. Well, anyway, the thrips were out, so we knew it was going to start raining soon. 
which we figured meant fewer hedgehogs, so it was a race against time. We headed down to the stream and up to the bunker. We often saw hedgehogs around there for some reason. I think one of the farmers used to leave cat food around there for them. So we stopped at the bunker and hunted around for a bit. It didn't take too long for us to find a hedgehog, eating some of the cat food left there. That's when we realized we didn't actually have anything to hold it in. And that they're spiky, so we couldn't just scoop it up like a stray cat and carry it home with us. So I took off my rain jacket and we spent a good half hour trying to chase it into the jacket. But, um, well, we were seven and had the dexterity and coordination of seven-year-olds. And it was a hedgehog, so obviously we didn't catch it. We probably gave it a bit of a fright, but it seemed fine when we finally gave up and let it amble off into the bushes. But at that point, my jacket was absolutely covered in mud, and I wasn't about to put it back on, even when it started raining. So my friends and I decided to wait it out in the bunker until the rain stopped, or at least let up enough for us to get home without getting entirely soaked through. We planned to wash my jacket in the stream so we wouldn't have to tell our parents what we'd been trying to get up to. We ended up forgetting to do that by the time it stopped raining, so... We came clean to our parents and got a stern talking to about how hedgehogs belong in the wild and shouldn't be kept as pets, and also about not harassing the local wildlife. Sorry, this really isn't much fun, is it? I suppose I should talk about something at least a bit more interesting. I'm boring myself to sleep here. Can't imagine what it's like for you all. Though I guess it's more boring because I already know everything I'm telling you. Maybe I can read you all some of my writing? That could be a bit more interesting. I have a little notebook here that I keep all my writing in. Let's see, is there anything interesting? Love poem. Love poem. Cat poem. General poem. Spaceflight fan fiction. Cat poem. Original thing that I'm not super happy with. Spaceflight fanfiction that I'm definitely not going to read you all. Love poem about cats. Hmm. Nothing's really catching my fancy right now. I guess I can just... Uh... I don't really know what to do or say. That's really weird. Usually I never run out of things to talk about. It's practically impossible to get me to stop talking. I guess it's harder when I'm lucid in what I can say. I don't want to risk letting myself ramble like usual just in case I say something important. I guess I could tell you all some fun history things. Though I don't know how well the history I was taught holds up now that I know about this world too. Either way, I have some fun little history stories I can tell. People always paint history as this stuffy, boring thing. Like everyone was all proper and prim until the 60s or so, and then everyone just let loose. But that's not true. People have always just been... people. One of my favourite historical figures is Lord Richard de Chantel. 
He was the child of a marriage between an English lady and a Frenchman back in the early 1800s. He was a patron of the arts and incredibly gay. He was also transgender, though there's obviously problems academically with applying our terms to people back then, but this isn't a formal history class, so I really don't care. Anyway, he was very open about who he was. Everyone knew he was queer. No one really cared though, because he threw incredible parties and was as friendly as anything. The thing he was really well known for was his private art collection. It was mostly made up of art depicting queer people from ancient Greece and the Roman Empire. It was all surprisingly tasteful even for the time, but it was all very explicitly gay. He also paid a lot of money for young men to spend their days on his estate practicing their art. And when he died, he left his entire estate to his sister, shifting the estate's rule of primogeniture to an absolute primogeniture, so women could inherit it as well. His sister was equally queer and equally as fond of the arts as he was, and ran the estate in much the same way as him, Lady Mary de Chantel. She was interesting in her own way. She fought more duels than any other lord or lady ever has, and almost all of them for the honour of her many lovers against their husbands. Interestingly though, she refused to ever duel for her own honour. At no point did she react to any of the criticisms or insults against her. In fact, she didn't even acknowledge them. She spent all of her time seducing the wives of the nobles and collecting art. Unlike her brother, she preferred pieces about nature and how industrialization was ruining it. She was rather p politically active, especially for the time period. I'm going to stop our history lesson there just because I got some texts in the middle of that and should probably check them out. Okay, uh, one was from Xander offering for me to stay over there for a few nights. He'll be over soon to discuss it all with us. The other was from Amrita. She said as soon as I'm done recording, they can come in here and... Oh, oh one second. Um, Okay, that's better. She said they can come in here and check the room for bugs as soon as I'm done recording. Which is probably a good idea. I should finish up anyway before I start boring you all anymore about old British aristocrats. Though before I wrap up, I should specify that just because they were gay and kind of cool doesn't mean the Deschantels were good people. They were still rich nobles who had servants and promoted class inequality. That's the problem with studying history. It's really cool. There's lots of interesting people, but looking at it from both a modern perspective and also just as a reasonably good person, it's kind of hard to enjoy history until you can learn to take the bad with the good. And that's really the thing. We can't ignore the bad things and pretend they didn't happen, but we also can't just write off every human that's lived in the past because they all very likely did things that we'd consider horrible today. It's a balance that's hard to get right sometimes. Anyway, now that I'm done with my soapbox, I suppose it's time for today's advice. Don't eat vegetables before you wash them. No matter where they come from, you can never be entirely certain that they're clean. 
it's always better to wash it and be safe. But um, not with soap. Apparently some people do that, but you really don't need to put soap on your food either. 